awesome. One, two, three, shout if you love the Lord of the breakthrough. Awesome, awesome job. My goodness, stand to your feet. I had to just sing a little bit. That was in my spirit. Go to Exodus 30, 34. If you're ready, shout, I'm ready. I feel like preaching. I got something for you today. Anybody come hungry? I'm teaching the series behind enemy lines. If the devil thinks that we're just going to wait for him to attack, he's sadly mistaken. Some of you are like me. You're ready to go behind enemy lines. Amen. Look at Exodus 30, 34. I want to talk to you today about worship and the power of your worship. And the Lord said unto Moses, take unto these sweet spices, stack to and Annika and Galvin and these sweet spices with pure frankincense of each there shall be like or equal weight. What this represents here is the incense of worship. And I'm going to be teaching today about worship. Are there any worshipers in the house? I'm going to teach along these lines. Worship is greater than warfare. How many of you believe that when you worship the Lord, it becomes greater than the warfare that surrounds your life? Man, I got, I'm ready today. Slip up your hands. Father, today is your day. You are the God of the breakthrough. And so many people stand here today and we look back across our lives and we see again and again how you provided breakthroughs for us, but you are not done. We declare the rest of this year and 2018 will be a time of incredible breakthrough. But God, we will worship you. We will praise you in the process. Thank you that our worship is greater than our warfare. In Jesus' name, give the Lord an ovation of praise. Hallelujah. Before you sit down, push your neighbor and tell him it's Breakthrough Sunday. It's Breakthrough Sunday. God instructs Moses here in, in creating this incense of worship. He said, take unto these sweet spices, stack the Annika, and Galbot and these sweet spices of each there shall be like our equal weight. What is described here, precious, is the incense of worship. And I'm gonna do some teaching today and we're gonna go kinda deep, but one of the things that we must understand about God is this. He does things in the, in the natural to reveal spiritual truths. In other words, the Bible is full, in the Old Testament especially, of types and shadows. In other words, things in the wilderness tabernacle point to things that would be fulfilled when Jesus came and manifested himself and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was complete. There's so many types and shadows and pictures in the Bible. And God uses these word pictures to, to raise up people in power and understanding. How many of you want to have some understanding in your life and, and know what the word is really saying? And these four ingredients are primetime examples when you look behind them and understand what they were and what they represented. Now, these four ingredients, they were great by themselves. They were valuable, the stacti, the annika, the galbanon, and the frankincense. You know, one was made into myrrh, and then you had the frankincense, and the stacti, and the galbanon. It was, it was very, very, very precious ingredients. But I want you to get a hold of this. These ingredients never became what they were supposed to become at their highest point until they were brought together. There was something about the unity of these four ingredients that caused them to function at another level. There was something about coming together. Tell your neighbor we gotta get together, come on. 
that there was something about those four ingredients. They were valuable by themselves, but they were priceless when they got together. Oh, my, my, my. You see, I've been in church so many times, and I've seen all the ingredients for revival, all the ingredients for an incredible encounter with the Lord sitting in the house, but the ingredients sit in different parts of the church, and they never really get together. But if you come to Calvary, you're going to know what it is to get together. Come on. Now, the powerful thing about these ingredients is they didn't lose their identity when they came together. And I want you to know that our diversity and who we are and the differences that we have, we don't lose our identity by coming together. But when we come together, we create a beautiful story. And in this room, we are demanding that the world see a church that comes together centered on Jesus Christ. You got every kind of color, every kind of background, every kind of culture is in the room. But when we come together, something beautiful happens. Can I get a witness in the house? These ingredients were valuable, but they did not become priceless until they were stirred up and then they had to be set on fire. See, I want to be in a house where you get stirred up and you get caught on fire because these ingredients of worship never became the worship that was used to burn on the altar of incense. It represented the worship that rose to the heavens and represented the worship of the people of God. This was the incense of worship that was burned on the altar of incense. These four ingredients were stirred up and caught on fire. They, they never really became that worship until they were stirred up. And that's why when you come to Calvary, sometimes we get stirred up. I wouldn't give you two cents for worship that wasn't stirred up. Come on. How many of you are glad to be in a church where the worship is stirred up and fiery? Come on. That worship is stirred up and caught on fire. But here's the deal. Those ingredients had to come together. Kind of reminds me of when I was growing up, I would go to my granny's house. And I would stay at my granny's house. She, she was precious. She lived to be 95 years old. And uh, all she ate was grease, salt, fat, and sugar. Come on. I don't understand it. And we're eating boneless chicken breasts and we're dropping like flies. Can I get a witness? But, but my granny, uh, she lived in this old house kind of in the country, in a country town called Mariana, where Pastor Troy is from. And her house in the wintertime, it was as cold inside the house as it was outside the house. And it could really get cold up there in Northwest Florida, be in the 30s, the 20s. And granny heated her house with an electric heater. Not an electric heater, but a gas heater. She had a gas heater in the, in, the, in the living area and then a gas heater in the kitchen. It's just a small old country house. But at night, the old timers wouldn't run the gas heater. So she would cut it off and it would get so freezing in that house. And there was one electric blanket and granny had it. Come on. But I remember in the morning, she would wake up and she would wake up about 5.30 or 6 and go make breakfast and you would have, you'd have bacon and sausage and ham, come on somebody, and eggs and grits and coffee and biscuits, homemade biscuits from scratch. Oh, glory be to God. 
And what my granny would do, she had an old wooden kneading bowl that was probably 100, 150 years old. It had been passed down through her family. And my granny would get all of her ingredients for the biscuits. She would get the, the flour and, and she would get the buttermilk and she would get the short and whatever she was gonna put in it. She would put it all in the pan together. And when she started mixing it up, she didn't use a spoon or a food processor. Granny didn't even know what that was. Granny would get her hands down in it. And man, she would start mixing that together and you knew that something good was about to happen cause Granny got her hands in it and then she would roll them biscuits out, boy. Oh, I feel it. And she would cook them biscuits, but here's the deal, she would get her hands in it. The ingredients were good by themselves, but until she got her hands in it and mixed it together. See, I see in this church today, there's the ingredients for revival. There's the ingredients for an encounter like you've ever, never had. What we need is for God to get his hands on this house, for him to mix us together. How many of you want the Lord to mix this house together? Come on, make a little noise if you're ready to connect to brothers and sisters. Now these four ingredients were very powerful and I'm gonna break down each ingredient and just show you exactly what each ingredient means and, and what it signifies because the Bible says in Isaiah 43, 21, these people that I have formed by myself, they shall show forth my praise. Hear me, never underestimate the power of worship and its ability to bring folks together. Did you feel that when we were talking about the breakthrough? Breakthrough. You are the God of the breakthrough. Man, I look at people, y'all were breaking through all over this house, hallelujah. Now the first ingredient was an ingredient called stacti. Now, now just a real simple understanding of the, of the word stacti and the, and the meaning behind stacti is this. Stacti is the oozer. Somebody say the oozer. Now, now where the stacti was derived from, stacti was a pure resin gum that oozed from the balsam tree. It grew mostly in Israel and Palestine, but not so much in Egypt. But if you know about Stacti, Stacti came from this balsam tree, and this balsam tree was an oozing tree. Notice God didn't choose some dead, dry tree, but he chose a tree that was oozing. He chose a tree that was a oozing tree. See, this tree oozed in the morning, and it, it oozed in the evening, and it oozed in the afternoon. It oozed in the good weather, and it oozed in the bad weather. It oozed when the sun was going up, and it oozed when the sun was going down. It oozed in seasons of warfare, and it oozed in seasons of peace. It oozed when things was going right, and it oozed when things was going wrong. Who am I talking to? It was a oozing tree. It just oozed all the time. And see, God is looking for some oozing believers. Some believers that will worship when it's high and worship when it's low. They'll worship when it's night and they'll worship when it's day. They'll worship when things are going good and they'll worship when things are not going good. They'll worship in seasons of warfare and they'll worship in seasons of peace. Have you ever worshiped in times of warfare? Have you ever worshiped when the sun was going up and you worshiped when it was clear as day, but then you worshiped at night because you knew weeping may endure for the night, but joy 
comes in the morning. God is looking for some oozing folk. Folk that'll ooze when you go to work. Folk that'll ooze when you're at school. See, one thing about that tree, it wasn't a dead dry tree. It was a oozing tree. And you know what else about that tree? You couldn't get next to it without getting some of it on you. Oh, help me, Holy Spirit. You, you couldn't get around it if you brushed up next to it. You got something on you. People say, I sat by Pastor Jackie and she just oozed all over me. I sat by Pastor John and he just oozed on me. Tell your neighbor, I'm an oozer. Come on. I'm, are there any oozers in the house? Is there anybody here that you don't just ooze on Sunday morning? You don't just ooze when you come to church, but you got something so real that you take it with you when you leave the room. Do you have something that you can take out of this place? I want all the people who got it just like that. Give God a praise right now. What we need are some oozing believers. I need you to ooze on the job. I need you to ooze on your hard-headed husband. I need you to ooze on your rebellious children. I need you to ooze on the lost. I need you to take this experience with you because we think worship is just in the room here. We think it's just in the house, but understand, real worship cannot be contained in a building because worship is not about location. It's about habitation, hallelujah. And long after I leave this, room, I've still got him with me. Long after the final amen is said and the last song is sung, I don't have to have a stage. I don't need a keyboard. If I don't have a sound system or a microphone, I can worship the Lord right where I am because God is faithful 24-7. Are there any worshipers in the house? Make a little noise if that's you. Notice God didn't choose a dead dry tree, but he chose an oozing tree. I was thinking about that and about, about being an oozing preacher. <laughs> I want to be an oozing preacher. And this started when, when Courtney, when, when Dawn was pregnant with Courtney, uh, I remember we started out, you know, when she got curbs in places, she used to didn't even have places. Come on. She got to a point where she couldn't sleep. She was like in her, you know, most women have, how many trimesters? Three. I think you had about seven. Come on. And she had this, she couldn't sleep at night. So she started critiquing me on my sleeping. I would wake up and she would have her hand, holding up her head and she was saying, do you know what you did last night? I'd be like, no, I do not. I was asleep. She said, you snored all night long. She said, I watched you. You were slobbering all night long. I said, well, why do you think I wore a life jacket to bed? Come on, somebody. And there was one day that I got a song in my spirit. Have you ever got a song in your spirit? I was singing, Lord, you are more precious than silver. You remember that old song? Lord, you are more costly than gold. Lord, you are more beautiful than diamonds, and nothing I desire compares to you. Man, it was all in my spirit. You ever had a song get in your spirit? Wave at me if you ever had that happen. I'm not talking about she's a bad man, my jam. I'm talking about a Jesus song. <laughs> Have you ever had a Jesus song get in your spirit? It's just with you all day long. And so I get home that night, man, I go to bed. It's just in my spirit all day long. And I lay down and I go to bed and I wake up the next morning and there she is, she's looking at me. And she said, do you know what you did last night? I said, no, I do not. I was asleep. You should have been too. Come on. 
She said, I was watching you. You telling me you don't know? I said, I don't know. She said, it was in the darkest part of the night. You don't know what you did? I said, I have no idea, honey. I was asleep. I slept through it. She said, it was in the darkest part of the night. She said, I was watching you. She said, you lifted up your head off the pillow and you sang out, and nothing I desire. She said, you laid back down. You had the two count just like the song. You lifted your head back up again and you said, compares to you. You say, Pastor, what was going on? It might have been the middle of the night. It might have been the dark part of the day, but there was something inside of me that said he is still worthy. I was oozing right there all over my wife. Make a little noise if you want to be an oozer. Come on, Psalms 27, 8 says, when you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, will I seek. Let me hear from some oozers in the room right now. Now, now that, was, that was the oozing tree. Some of y'all just need to ooze all over your neighbors today. But secondly, there was an ingredient called Annika, and Annika was a spice. Now, I love this part because, because to me, that represents spicy worship. I want to be around spicy worship. I like worship where you feel something. I like, I like worship that's got something in it. Come on. You know, people sit there in church, they never move, they never lift their hands, they never respond. They've been saved since the depression and they've been depressed ever since. They just sit there in church and they look miserable. They look like they've been baptized in pickle juice, come on. And then they say, I got it, I got it, I got it. They're dead as a hammer. Let me tell you something. The Bible said, can a man receive fire in his belly and not show the effects thereof. I'd like to drop a pack of firecrackers in your lap. I bet you'd get moving then, come on. How many of you got a, a God that is worthy of your worship? He's worthy of your shout, worthy of your song. Come on, give him praise if you believe that he's worthy today. Now, now this Annika is a powerful word. It comes from the Hebrew word that means the sound or the roar of a lion. It literally means a certain sound. It means a certain sound. I'm telling you, believers ought to have a certain sound. There ought to be a certain sound in your mouth. There ought to be something about you that when you come into the room, man, there's a sound that you make. You know, I, I found something out. It's a certain sound. It's the roar of a lion. I grew up thinking that lions just roared. I, I kind of thought that they got up in the morning and said, roar. Said to the other lion, roar. <laughs> Called each other up on the lion's cell phone. Come on and said, roar. But I found out there's only two times a lion roars. Number one, when he is in pursuit of prey, and number two, when he has taken that prey. That's proven by Amos 3, 4, when it says, will a lion cry out? Will a lion roar in the forest when he has no prey? Will a young lion cry out in the den if he has taken nothing? There's only two times, listen to me now, that a lion roars. He roars when he's in pursuit of prey. He roars when he's in pursuit of his prey. 
promise. He's letting every hyena, every jackal, he's letting every leopard, every cheetah know that this promise is mine. Uh, he's in pursuit of it. He's saying, happy meal. Come on, supersize it. It's mine. I don't have it yet, but it's mine. So he roars, letting the whole jungle know, I don't have it yet, but I'm going to get it. I don't have it yet, but it's mine. See, that's what your praise is. Your praise is your roar. Praising God in advance is your roar to the enemy that while you're in pursuit of your promise, you're telling the devil, I may not have it yet, but the promise is mine. You're letting the devil know, roar, you can't have my children. I'm gonna get to see them born again. You can't have my destiny. You can't have my future. I dare somebody just roar right now. Oh, where are the roars at in the house? Is there anybody? Maybe you ain't got it yet. Maybe you hadn't seen everything you want to see yet, but you don't have to wait to praise him. You're letting the devil know right now, if it's mine, I'm going to pursue it till I possess it. Good God Almighty, give God a praise if you're in pursuit of some stuff that's yours. Look at your neighbor and say, roar, come on. Are there any roarers in this section? Are there any roar? Come on, roar. Are there any roarers over here? Just roar. See, y'all spiritual people, you can't do that. But how many of you got some things you're trusting God for? Come on, how many of you got some things you're in pursuit of and you ain't gonna let the devil steal it? Make a little noise if you're claiming it in Jesus' name. But, but understand this, the next time a lion roars is when he's taking the prey, when he possesses the promise. He's letting every enemy know, now I got it, you can't have it. It belongs to me, there's something that you can't have it because it's mine. And when you bring God a radical praise, it's your roar to every enemy that the promise you now possess from God is yours and it cannot be stolen. I wonder if there's anybody in this room, there's some things that you've received from God and the devil can't have it. You're not gonna let any enemy steal it. Oh. I wish I could find the church to talk to him and I said, is there anybody that's getting radical enough to say you can't have my children, you can't have my family, you can't have my salvation? Somebody say roar right now, roar. One, two, three, give God a crazy praise right now. Some of you need to look at your future and say roar. You need to look at your problem and say roar. You need to look at the promises of God and say roar. You need to walk up to your children when you get home, they've been acting crazy. Just say roar, come on. You don't need to meow like a kitty. You don't need to bark like a dog. You don't need to quack like a duck. You don't need to crow like a chicken. You need to roar like the lion of the tribe of Judah is on your side. Glory be to God, give the Lord a praise in here. Oh, we got some lions in the house. Not cowardly lions, come on. Now watch this. Well, amen to that. <laughs> I don't know what that was, but hey, man, that was a, that was a high-pitched roar, hallelujah. Now watch this, watch this. The secondary meaning, are you learning? The secondary meaning for the word Annika is this, Annika was a preservative. The, the, the secondary understanding of Annika is this, when it was mixed with the other ingredients, it acted like a preservative and it caused the incense to endure. Here, here's the truth, precious, nothing will preserve you through the hard times like worship. Is there anybody here that's ever worshiped through the hard times? Oh, where are y'all at? I said, is there anybody here 
That's worship through the hard times. If you're a worshiper, you know how to worship when things aren't necessarily great. Some of y'all are worshiping right now and everything's not perfect. Some of y'all are worshiping right now and you got financial challenges. Some of y'all are worshiping right now when your children have been acting crazy and your money has been funny and you've been struggling inside. But here's the deal. Who would admit that in seasons gone by, what has held your world together is the fact that you knew how to worship the Lord even when things were going Going wrong. I cannot get a witness in this house. Oh, nothing will preserve you in the hard times like worship. Nothing will hold your world together like worship. Nothing will sustain you like worship. Nothing will hold your world to Jesus like worship will. Listen, here's the truth. Have you ever felt like you were going to be defeated? Have you ever felt like you were in warfare and all hell was coming against you? Wave at me if I got real folk in the house. Have you ever had times when you felt like, my goodness, it's all coming against me and the devil said, I got you now. Come on, I told y'all a while back, he's posting pictures of you on his Facebook and bragging that I got it now. I got him now only to have to remove it a little while later because he celebrated too soon. I said he celebrated too soon. I said he celebrated too soon. Because the truth is the devil thought he had you but you still had something in your mouth. You still had a little hallelujah. You still had a little thank you Jesus. You still had a little something to praise the Lord. You still, where's the church folk at? You still had a wave of the hand. You still, oh, this is gonna be too much. A little jerk of the neck, glory to God. A little thank the Lord, glory be to God. How many times has the devil thought he had you and maybe you lost some money and maybe you lost some friends and maybe you lost some relationships but you never lost your worship and you never lost your praise. Here's what the enemy doesn't want you to know. Your deliverance is right underneath your nose. Your deliverance is in your mouth. And if you can begin to magnify God, he will preserve you and take you through every battle and no weapon formed against you will be able to prosper. Give God a shout. Your worship will hold you together. Your worship will make sense of your life because you say, God, even though I don't understand it, I'm going to worship you. Now then there's the third ingredient. There's the Annika, and then number three is Galbanon. Galbanon in this four-part ingredient, it represents sweetness. Now watch this, when you add the two ingredients, the, the, the Annika and the Galbanon, it literally means sweetness preserved. And when I study this, I understand it to be the fact that believers ought to be sweet. Oh, here we go. That that Christian people should be the sweetest people around. Preach, Pastor Rayleigh. Push your neighbor and say, be sweet. Yeah, yeah, we gotta be sweet and kind and loving and considerate even in the tough days. How many of y'all know it ain't gonna always be a gravy train with biscuit wheels? Can I get a witness in the house? I never know when country is going to hit me. It just hit me just then. But how many of you know it's not always a gravy train with biscuit wheels? It's not always easy, but we got to stay sweet. 
We gotta stay kind. The, 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 the Bible said this people that I'm forming for myself, they gonna show forth my praise. I believe Christians ought to be kind. Mean Christians are one of the greatest enemies of growth and revival in the church. Christians that are mean, that are judgmental, that have Facebook wars with everybody. Preach Pastor Rayleigh. You're always mad, always uptight, always agitated. Have you ever known a, Christ, a Christian that was always full of attitude? Always, all, you know, let me tell you something. It's hard to have revival when Christians act like jerks. I am preaching better than you're letting on. You gotta be kind to one another. You gotta be kind to the lost. You gotta be kind to people in the church. You gotta be kind to people out of the church. You just gotta be nice. Tell your neighbor, be nice. Yeah, yeah, true worshipers are not sour, they're sweet. True worshipers are not critical, baby, they're grateful. You know, you're not gonna be critical. When you're grateful, you don't have time to be critical. Come on, they used to mess me up so bad when people would like write me critical emails. It's critical, it's critical. I don't like you. you, you are too loud, you are too rowdy. You spit when you preach, you aggravate me, you upset me. You tell your wife she's fine in front of the whole church. Why did you do that? I don't tell nobody else's wife they're fine. I tell my wife she's fine. We got too many preachers watching everybody else's wife. Keep your eyes on your own wife and you won't have so much trouble. You're too loud, you're too rowdy, you holler, you, 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 that's how you spit. Well, of course I spit. If Shamu can have a splash area, so can I. You guys sit right here, you're in the splash area. That's anointed, hallelujah. You need a miracle, just get underneath some of that anointed spit. Oh, glory, I felt that. I am so far beyond being caved in emotionally by critical people who call themselves Jesus followers. When you really follow Jesus, you don't have time to be critical. You're too busy being grateful. They're not puffed up, but they're mindful of God's blessings. They're not easily angered, but ready to worship at any moment at the goodness of God. Oh, hear me in this room. I remember uh, when, when, uh, when Dawn and I, we'd gone on the road, and, and Courtney was just still little, about two or three, and we went to the Olive Garden, and we sat in the section of the Twilight Zone. Have you ever sat in a restaurant and everybody around you is like crazy? There was a man and a woman behind us. They were having it out. The man said, I am so glad we came to the Olive Garden. This is the first good meal I've gotten in months. Your cooking has been terrible. It's just been awful. I'm so thankful this is so good. And she responded and said, listen, buddy. She said, you better get ready to pay for every meal out from here on. I ain't cooking for you anymore. If you get a good, you're gonna have to pay. He said, good, I'm ready to pay for it. Your nasty cooking has been terrible. I'm." I'm looking at dog, we can't believe it. And then there's four older seasoned women that are sitting across from me and there ain't a man among them and I know why. Cause there's not a man alive that could have lived with what I was hearing, come on. 
She finally got the water. See, they were killing the waitress. She finally got the water here, and, and we've been waiting for this water, and that all the, the ice has melted in the water. We wanted some bread, but now the breadsticks are cold. This is terrible. I mean, and they're just, the, the, the waitress is on the verge of tears. We're going to send for the manager. We don't even like it. It's terrible. It's awesome. And then they finally get their meal, and we're sitting here. We got World War I going behind us, World War II on the side of us. Come on. And, and, she, and the, the, finally, one of the women says, you taste that spaghetti? That spaghetti is not even good. Mary, you make better spaghetti than this at your house. And I'm thinking, why don't y'all go to Mary's house, all four of you, and have Mary make some spaghetti? And they are just going, it's crazy, isn't it, don't They are going at it around us. And my little Courtney, she's not even three years old. We've been teaching her about manners and stuff like that. I watch her stand up in the chair and she points her finger at all of them and she says, peoples, peoples be nice, be nice, be nice. You know what I feel like saying sometimes in the church? Peoples be nice. Come on, we're not gonna judge the lost. We're not gonna push people out, but we're gonna be nice. Make a little noise if you wanna be sweet and kind and nice. Real worship will bring out the best in you. Real worship will bring out the best in you because it causes you to encounter the Lord. But then if you look at the word galbanon, galbanon also means the choice part. It means the mara. It means the finest part. It means the middle of the middle. It's the very best. And here's the truth. If you're gonna bring God anything, bring him the best. Don't bring him, don't bring him something that's not the best. I've seen people, they sit up all night watching the television. Come on. I said, television, quote me. They watch the television all night long. They go to Walmart, Kmart, all the Mart brothers. Get in bed like four o'clock, I can't go to church. I'm so tired, I'm just weary, I'm just, I'm exhausted. This week has worn me out. Liar, liar, pants on fire. I can't go to church, but I'm still bringing God my best. No, I think we ought to walk into the house of the Lord, bringing him our best worship, our best praise. Make a little noise if you wanna bring God your best. Then the fourth ingredient was an ingredient called frankincense. And in this incredible incense of worship, frankincense represents this, frankincense represents purity. And we hear so very little about purity in the church anymore. Purity that causes us to say, you know what? There's some things I won't do. There's some things I won't be a part of. Come on, somebody. That there, there, there's, some, that there's some things that I'm gonna hold from my life because I wanna live a life that is sanctified and separated. Oh, I'm gonna talk to you for a minute. I'm not gonna be making booty calls. Hello. I'm not gonna be cussing. I'm not gonna have, I preach, Pastor Rayleigh. I'm, there's some things I won't watch. It's quiet in here. Isn't it beautiful? Praise the Lord. There's some things I won't allow in my life. Why? Because my relationship with the Lord means too much for me. How many of you wanna live a life that is pure before your children and pure? Now listen, I'm not saying that we are bound up by legalism. I grew up, man, everything was a sin. If it grinned, it was, if it made you grin, it was a sin. I remember when my sister got her ears pierced, you would have thought she took the mark of the beast. Come on, somebody. Because everything was wrong at our, at our, if you had a tattoo, oh my goodness gracious. 
It, 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 the women wore makeup. You know, it was like the uglier you were, the better chance you had to go to heaven. Aren't you thankful that we don't live in those days anymore? I say, baby, if you gotta cut it, cut it. If you gotta paint it, paint it. If you can't achieve it, weave it. If you can't do it, glue it. Dye it, raise it. Tighten it up, loosen it up. Do whatever you gotta do. Do you, boo, hallelujah. I think you look good. Thank God for it. Thank God you ain't gotta be ugly to go to heaven. I remember I used to want to go to the movies and see Dumbo. Never went to the movies. Because God forbid if Jesus came back when you was watching Dumbo, all them people would tell you, you go to hell if you watch the movies. You're going to bust hell wide open. You sitting in there watching Pinocchio and you watching Days of Our Lives and As the World Turns and on the edge of night in Dallas. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. They could, y'all, I'm preaching now. Isn't it something how it's wrong until you do it? Can I get a witness in the house? Let me tell you what real holiness is. Real holiness is not what you do, it's who you are. Holiness, holiness means I'm set apart. I'm sanctified, not by what I do. Listen, how, holiness is an attribute of God. How in the world are you going to have an attribute of God and be God? No, you can't do that. Listen, what you have to do is allow his holiness to invade your life. And then you begin to live your life with that holiness in mind. And I am holy because he has made me holy. And because he has made me holy, there's some things I'm not a part of. Let me tell you this. We think of holiness and we think it binds us up. Listen to me, young person. Real holiness doesn't bind you up. It'll set you free. Because here's the deal. I'm not free to sin. I'm free from it. Who would admit in this room that there's some things that used to hold you? It doesn't hold you anymore. Give God a praise if that's you. Now, Watch this. These four ingredients were real valuable. They were super precious. They were absolutely amazing, but they had to be stirred up. I want to be in a church where different ingredients come together. I want to be in a church that when we come together, we become more. We're not Democrats and Republicans. We're lamb people. Come on. We're not about the elephant or the donkey at church. We're about the lamb. Hallelujah. Black folks and white folks and Hispanic folks. Because when you get to heaven, they're not going to have a Hispanic section or African-American section or a white section or a Baptist section or Methodist section. Our Assembly of God session, our Kojic session, our AME session. Ba baby, we're going to all be so glad to be there. We won't even care who our neighbors are. Can I get a witness? I want to be in a church where I'm celebrated for the fact that I'm different, but when I come in that place, I don't lose my identity, but I, I just come to terms with a greater identity. That I become perfected 
when I'm stirred up with my brothers and sisters who come from different backgrounds. And then when the fire of God falls, man, that's when worship gets real. Like I thought we were about to have a Holy Ghost revival on the breakthrough song. Now, now watch this. The four ingredients. There's the balsam tree. That's where the stack that came from. But watch this. Look at me right in the eyes. The balsam tree never gave of its best until it was first wounded. They would slice that tree. They would wound that tree. And after that tree was wounded, that's when it's oozed its most valuable ingredient. And the truth is, sometimes we go through seasons when we're wounded. We go through seasons when we don't understand why we are facing what we are facing. Have you ever been wounded before? Have you ever come to church and your worship is wounded worship? You're in the building and you're lifting your hands and everything that could come against you has come against you this week. The people have hurt you, the people that you've been close to, the people that you are heartfelt. Let me tell you something. Your worship becomes warfare when you learn to worship wounded. See, if you live long enough, you'll find out that times, the sweetest worship at times is the worship that comes from the wounds in your soul. Where you say, Lord, I don't understand why I'm going through this season, but I'll worship you even wounded. You are worthy. Oh, come on, wave at me if you've ever worshiped wounded. You ever worship when you walked out of a home where you were told by a husband or a wife, I'm done with you. You ever worship when things weren't going right, but number two, the Annika. The Annika was actually a muscle that was crushed before it revealed all the potential that was in it. Have you ever had times when you were crushed? Have you ever had seasons when things happen and you don't know why it happened? Have you ever had times where it felt like everything that could press in on you cannot talk to real people? Have you, I'm talking about since you've been saved. I'm talking about since you've been in love with Jesus. You go through crushing seasons. Why did that happen? I don't understand it and it crushes you. Wave at me if you've ever had crushing days. Have you ever had a crushing season where you say, I don't even get it. I don't even know why my children are doing this. I don't even know why I'm being treated this way. But hear me, when we rise to worship in seasons, when we feel crushed, it is then we discover that our worship is warfare because nothing will crush the attack of the enemy like worship. Let me tell you, your worship is greater than your warfare when you learn to worship even when you've been crushed, even when you've been wounded. Sometimes you come to church and you say, Lord, I don't understand it. My heart is broken. But I worship you. I don't understand why I'm being crushed like this, but Lord, I know this. You said in your word that a broken and contrite heart, you will not despise. 
You see, we, we, we throw something crushed away. If it's broken, we, we want to get rid of it, but not God. God places a premium on broken things. He places a premium on broken people. Let me tell you, maybe you feel like you've been in a season where you've been crushed. What you need to do is lift your hands because your worship is greater than your warfare if you learn to worship wounded and learn to worship crushed. There was the third ingredient called Annika. Annika was actually a bush, son, and they take that bush and they would put it in the fire and it would begin to secrete an oil. And that, that off-white oil was precious and valuable and it gave forth a smell and a sense. And then that was ground up and the myrrh was made. You know, one of the things about myrrh, there's healing properties in myrrh. There's healing in myrrh. There's healing in myrrh. And here's the truth. Sometimes we go through the fire. We feel like we're being burned up. But if we will worship, there's healing in our worship. See, you hadn't really worshiped till you worshiped through the fire. You have, anybody can worship when everything is going good. Anybody can worship when your kids are great, when your money's great, when your marriage is great, when everything is great. But in those seasons where you feel like I am absolutely in the fire, but there is still a worship that rises up inside of you. Let me tell you, God will allow you to encounter sickness so you can find out he's a healer. He'll allow you to encounter brokenness so you can find out he's the one that will put it all back together again oh come on sometimes you worship in seasons of fire that don't even make sense but then that fourth ingredient that produced purity this was the ingredient called frankincense and the frankincense tree it was bruised three times it was bruised three times, and that third bruising is what released the purest resin. What that says to me is that there can be times and seasons where it seems like the attacks are coming from everywhere. Can I talk to somebody today? Have you ever had times where it seems like you get under over one thing and then another thing happens? You get over another thing and the next thing happens. You deal with this issue and that issue arises. You think you've got this whipped and then that comes. But let me tell you, there comes a moment in your worship where you say, God, I don't care what I gotta go through. I'm gonna worship you in this moment and I'm gonna believe that my purest worship will manifest. And let me tell you something. You may go through tough times, but God is the God of every promise that he made you. And if he made you a promise, it will come to pass. Watch this. Your worship is greater than your warfare when you learn to worship wounded, when you learn to worship in times that you've been crushed, when you're not seeing what you want to see, when you learn to worship even in the fire. Come on. You worship wounded. You, you worship when you've been crushed. Come on. That's the Annika. Some of you've been crushed, but I'm still, but you're still roaring. Come on, some of y'all, it ain't all good, but you're still roaring. Tell your neighbor, I'm still roaring. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't have everything I need, but I'm still roaring. I don't have all the money yet, but I'm still roaring. All my children aren't right yet, but I'm still roaring. I've been through hell, but I'm still worshiping. I've had some problems, but I'm still worshiping. Everything is not perfect, but I'm still worshiping. Go through fire, but I'm still worshiping. That third ingredient was that muscle that was ground up, or that second ingredient was ground up, crushed, and then I'm placed in the fire. Then that fourth ingredient is when we go through seasons where it seems like the attack is relentless. Wave at me if you've been under relentless attack before. Wave at me if you feel like there are times when you're going through things and it just doesn't let up. Hallelujah. See, that's when you got to realize that my worship is greater than my warfare. That's when you got to say, I'm not going to allow anything outside of me to rob what's going on inside of me. That I'm still going to ooze the Lord's goodness that I'm still gonna roar his praise and his worship. That even though I don't understand sometimes what I'm going through, Lord, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still going to give your name the glory and give you the best that I have. That even if the attack is relentless, I shall not give up because my worship is greater than my warfare. Tell your neighbor, my worship is greater than my warfare. Stand up all over this room. Tell somebody around you, my worship is greater than my warfare. See, some of y'all are waiting on God to move, and God said, I'm waiting on you to worship. Some of y'all are waiting for the season to change. God said, I'm waiting on you to worship. Do you not realize that your worship is greater than your warfare? So here's what I want you to do across the room. I want you to slip up your hands and sing, Jesus, I owe you everything. Jesus, I owe you. You can have Oh, Jesus, I Everybody say together, Faithful love has won me over. You've become my everything. Come on, let's worship it. I've never known. It's not always a shout. Come on. A greater love. Slip up your hands and say, take me, my heart. How can I say faith? How can I save when nothing I give? 
because your worship is your warfare. Who would admit you've had a season where you say, Pastor, I've had to worship wounded. I've had to, I've been crushed, but I've kept my worship. I've been in the fire, but I kept my worship. I've had some struggles, but I kept my worship. This season of Thanksgiving, I want to tell you the Lord is on your side. And your worship is your warfare. I want you to reach over and touch a neighbor's shoulder. Everybody touch somebody. Pastor Troy is going to come in just a moment and he'll dismiss you. But I declare in Jesus' name that God is not through concerning you. I declare he's not through with your family. He's not through with your children. He's not through with your finances. He's not through with your future. He's not through with you. I declare that you, you ooze. Hallelujah. I declare that you roar. Come on. I declare that you remain kind. I declare that you walk pure, purely before the Lord. I declare that you worship even wounded and breakthroughs shall manifest in your life because your worship is your warfare. Hold that neighbor's shoulder. Pastor Troy, come and close us in prayer. Ray is actually going back with Pastor Dawn and some of our staff. And if you are our guest today, we ask you to go out this middle aisle. To the left, there's a room, and he will be there. So if you'll just stop by, take a minute just to shake his hand, let him know, let him uh, let you know that he loves you, and just talk to you for a second. If you will do that, also want to remind you of this: there is no service this Wednesday night. We want you to be with your family for Thanksgiving. So if you come to church, bring your Bible and be prepared to preach. And outside, because the doors will be locked. So no service this Wednesday. So let's pray. Father, we love you so much, God. God, we thank you, God, for showing us through our pastor of how we need to be oozing on somebody else. Like we always say, God, this Christianity is not about us. It's about who we can reach and who we can help and who we can share it with. So God, I pray right now that, that we ooze on other people all week long, that we love on people, that we care for people. God, I pray right now that we show the very love of Jesus Christ this week especially, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys. Have a happy Thanksgiving.